Welcome to the Legendary Leaders Podcast, Making Legendary Leaders, with your host, Katrina Jameson, where we focus on business, leadership, and life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Legendary Leaders. So I'm going to continue to talk about talent because I continue to get some additional questions, and I love it. So thank you for continuing to ask them. That's exactly what this, these podcast episodes are for. So essentially, let me walk you through the question and you think about what this looks like. So ultimately, the question was posed, why do I have to purposely and actively remove underperformance? Won't people just naturally leave on their own? Can I not just create an environment where people would leave on their own? And I would tell you that could you create the environment? Maybe. Okay, but let's talk through this for a second. So let's go to question number one. Why do you need to remove underperformance? Well, naturally, you need your business to be the best that it can be. Because if your business is the best that it can be, then it's going to serve your client or your customer at the highest level. And no doubt, I'm sure that's what you stand for. Pretty much most of us, if not all of us in business, stand for that service, you know, to the customer at the highest level. And so we know that if we hire the best talent and we develop the best talent and we keep them performing at the high level and appreciate them for that and reward them for that, that our business is going to continue to grow and run. We're going to be innovative. We're going to, you know, be efficient. And our customer is going to benefit from all of those pieces. So it sounds like a, a winning situation, right? And that's exactly what you want. But if you don't remove the underperformers, you won't have that scenario. You just won't. You're going to have people that will give bare minimum to simply get by because their level of commitment or their drive or their understanding of how to deliver on the company's mission, a multitude of things, right? I'm listing just a few. Whatever it is, they don't have the passion and the drive to deliver and exceed, okay? At the end of the day, they believe that their performance is good enough, okay? And, and good enough is sometimes good enough for some people. But, I, you know, for me, and I'm only speaking for me, I don't want good enough. I want how can we always strive to be better, Right? And so whenever I'm constantly raising the bar and setting higher and higher expectations, because we continue to achieve those original expectations, and so naturally I'm going to raise the bar because we can get better and become more efficient and deliver better to our clients. Well, when we do that, then there are some people that aren't going to make it. Not, you know, I talked about that in that mini-series. Okay, so if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But... At some point, we either raise the bar to the point that someone cannot achieve the goals that you've established. They cannot perform at that level. They don't have the capacity. Or they simply don't have the desire. It's one of the two, and that's just what it is. And so you can't necessarily change their desire because either they're going to be committed or they're not. And you definitely can't change capacity because if you've tapped out at the max capacity of that individual... That's just all they're going to be able to give. And I love the fact that they've given everything that they could. 
but I can't allow that person to continue to stay in that role. And here's why. Here's why you have to remove underperformance. Not only do you want your customer and your business to benefit from having people who are performing at the level you expect, okay, but you can't allow an underperformer to stay on your team and, and let the rest of your team see that, okay? We talked about it in that, in that episode as well, the fact that one of the things that you're going to establish is your brand. And when you establish your brand and you tell them the three to five things that you stand for, one of the things that I share is that I'm fair and consistent. Okay? Maybe that's one of yours and maybe it's not. But if it is one of your branding identities, okay, something that identifies you as part of your brand, being fair and consistent, you have to show that every single day. So you have to treat everyone fairly and you have to do it consistently across the board. If I allow an underperformer to stay on my team, that's not being fair and consistent. I'm not living up to the brand that I have established for myself. Okay, so that's going to erode trust within my team. Because I said one thing, but now I'm doing something else. Okay? The other issue that it's going to cause is that when I try to raise the bar again, no one else is going to try to strive to deliver to the bar. Because at some point, the rest of your team is going to get extremely frustrated that they're having to pull this other individual along. And so they're going to say, well, if they're not performing, why am I going to perform? Because I'm limited by their performance. I'm limited by what they're bringing to the table. If we, you know, if there are five teams that report to you and they're all intertwined and they rely on each other and one of those team leaders is not performing, then the other four are very much hampered and hindered in their performance. And so you've put them at a disadvantage. They can't give their best. And it will, it will become a pain point to them to the point that they will essentially say, why am I striving so hard? This person isn't, and they're still here. And there's nothing happening to them. So why am I working my butt off? You may have lived that situation at some point, right? So you may be able to identify with that. And so then, then you lose momentum within your team. Okay, so you, you have to eliminate the, the underperformance. And you cannot just allow them to leave at their own pace. Unless their pace is the same as your pace. And I can tell you, my pace is pretty fast. <laughs> okay? And I don't mean, you know, I give them a week and they're gone. But I'm very targeted on how to eliminate underperformance within my teams because my client deserves better than below standard. That's how I see it. The, the amazing talent that I've brought on board deserves better than below standard, okay? And I cannot micromanage my business because someone else is being paid to do a job that they're not performing. You know, it's the old saying that if I have to do the job for you, then why do I have you working for me anyway, right? It's true. So if you allow that person to leave on their own terms and, and essentially on their own timeline, all of the pieces around eroding trust and not being able to raise the bar and not ma maintaining momentum, all of that happens. Okay, because most people have a tough time acknowledging that they're not doing well in their role. You will have the best people say, hey, now, I want to be a top performer. If you don't see me performing, come tell me because I don't want you to take me out of my role. Just tell me and give me some other options and let me have the choice. Let me step into something else. 
And when someone tells you that, you're like, man, that's awesome. Wow, I have so much respect for that individual. You know, I'm definitely going to do that. So they ask you to do that, and then what do you do? You hold them to their word. If they're not performing, you go have the conversation. But here's the thing. A lot of people have that conversation just because they consider it to be politically correct. They don't necessarily mean it. And so when you call them out on their underperformance and start to say things like, you know, I'm really worried. I've raised the bar here and, and, and raised the expectations of, of my overall team. And, you know, you're just not delivering to it. And I'm concerned that you're not going to be able to. And you go in having full transparency because that's what they ask for. And instead of having the response that you expect them to have, they start backpedaling going, oh, oh, well, I didn't realize it. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be better than that. And just give me another chance. And it wasn't what you thought it would be. It wasn't the, hey, thank you for letting me know. I have been giving it everything that I have. This obviously isn't the role for me. I would say in my career, I don't know that I've actually had anybody do that. Not, not can I take that back. I've had one person in 14 years actually say that and then follow through with it. The other people that have said it have backpedaled and said, give me another chance and I can prove it to you. And we've had to put together a training plan and they weren't able to deliver on the training plan. And, you know, I had to hold them to it and I had to go through a disciplinary process and actually remove them from their role. Not me remove them from their role. They remove themselves from the role. I just simply caused them to adhere to the process. I held them to their commitments. I held them to their timelines and I held them to what the job requires them to do. And so by doing that, I didn't have to say anything. You know, people are really good at going and telling other people whenever they're scared or worried or frustrated or the boss is giving them a hard time or holding them accountable. The, you as the boss don't ever have to say that. They'll go tell on themselves. And that's up to them. That's their information. But your team will start to see when you're starting to deliver accountability. Okay. That person on that team will, their behavior will start to change. They'll start to try and give more effort. Um, they may mention it to their peers that, that they just, you know, were disciplined from, a, from the policy perspective. Um, information will get out there. So your trust will be maintained. Your momentum's not going to be lost because the other people are still going to keep pushing. Because by knowing that you're taking action and you are acknowledging underperformance and addressing it, that's what they need. That's what your top performers need to hear and see. So they know that you say what you mean and you mean what you say and that they will continue to be rewarded for all the hard work and that if they are being hindered by that underperformance, that it's only a small window of time because that's the other issue is if they don't see you fixing the underperformance and it does impact them from a, a team performance level from a monetary performance level, let's say their bonuses are obviously tied to numbers that they have to deliver to, and, and all those numbers will be tied to the team effort, and they can't drive their numbers because there's a piece outside of it that they don't control, you know, that's going to lead to some frustration. That's going to cause them to try to figure out a way to lead their team differently and get results and, and maybe even encourage them to, to even turn against that peer and cause some team rivalry. And you definitely don't want that, right? Again, it's all about rowing in the same direction. You need all your, all your folks in the boat 
going in the same direction at the same pace. And when they sense someone not doing that, there definitely can be some rifts. And you, you don't need that. They need to know that you saw the issue, that you're continuing to see the issue, you're addressing it, meaning you're also taking care of them. And that's important. Because if you look at those five team members, for example, and you have to decide who you want to keep and who you want to get rid of, naturally you want to keep your top performers. And naturally you would want to eliminate the bottom performer. If you were in a situation where someone said, tell me today, if you could only keep four, who would you keep? You would keep the top performer. So that's an easy one. So don't do anything to prevent you from keeping the top performers. Don't allow your underperformer to set the pace of when they improve or when they leave the role. You cannot do that. You have too much on the line and you will lose too much. You could very well, and I've seen it happen many times, lose your top performer or performers, plural, because you don't address underperformance fast enough. And they simply don't trust you anymore. And they don't like the environment that has now been created where mediocrity is the name of the game. Because there are a lot of people out there, and I'm included, and you're probably in that, where you don't want to be mediocre. You want to be the best. And so if you've created a culture where you want to be the best because your customer or your client deserves the best, when they realize that your culture has changed and it's not quite there, they're not going to stay for that. They're going to go to a company where that culture does exist. So don't let this impact your culture. So those are the reasons. Those are the reasons why you can't allow an underperformer to simply leave when they're ready or decide to improve on their own terms. You have to take control of it. There's so many damaging pieces that a lot of people don't even think about or realize. And they do it all because they just don't want to have that confrontation. Or they don't want to have the extra work. And I'm telling you, I, I have been there. It is not easy. Addressing underperformance is not easy. It's painful. It's frustrating. You know, you just want to say to yourself, why can't they see that they're not performing? And why can't they just go do something else? Right? I mean, that's probably what you ask yourself sometimes. But human beings are, are unique beings. Everyone is unique. And everyone makes decisions from slightly different perspectives. And you can't count on everyone seeing the same perspective that you have. And, and viewing everything through that lens, which means you have to take control of it. And it'll be a rough couple of, you know, two months, but you will get through the other side of it and you will be grateful that you did it because your team is going to be stronger and better and your business is going to be better for it. Okay, so don't allow... Let me, let me see how to say this. Don't allow someone who maybe has been in your organization for a couple of years... To stay in your organization because you consider them loyal. I love loyalty. I am a very loyal person. It's one of the key drivers within me. Okay, I'm very loyal. But when it comes to running a business, I consider my loyalty to be taking good care of that person. And if they are not performing, I can't allow them to be in a role where they're not performing at their best. And giving the world their best. There's another position that they could go into where they could, they could succeed and use their gifts to the full capacity. And they're not able to do that in the role that they're in. 
And so me being loyal to them means I'm going to help them get into the role where they can shine. And that's how I view that. Don't confuse loyalty with letting them stay instead of understanding that loyalty is really looking out for their best interests and taking good care of them in that regard. Just because they stayed in your company doesn't mean that they're loyal back. It could mean they like the company, they like not having to work hard, they you know, like the paycheck, they think you're not going to get rid of them. It could be a multitude of things. It, it could very well not be loyalty on their end. Okay? All right, so there you go. There is why you have to remove underperformance at your pace, on your terms, as opposed to allowing the underperformer to do it on their terms. Right? So my challenge for you today on this one is to think about that. Don't wait until you get into a situation where you have underperformers to decide how you're going to handle it. Go ahead and create your game plan now in your mind. You know, how many, how many conversations are you going to have on the front end before you document a discussion around their performance? You know, if you don't have a policy around the, you know, disciplinary action, please go ahead and put that policy into place. And what is that policy going to look like? And, you know, what are the steps that you're going to follow? Go ahead and get that put into place now before you have disciplinary concerns so that when the time comes, because it will, the bigger your organization gets, the more likely it's going to happen. And you will face it at some point if you haven't already. You're going to need all of these pieces to push you through. You don't want to be making these decisions in the midst of it because your judgment's going to be a little clouded because it's going to be personal. It's going to, you're, you're going to try very hard not to make it about the person, but it, it's going to be hard not to do that your first time around. And so that's how the policies and the decisions you make today will save you. All right? So, hey, thank you for listening. I hope that this helps you move forward in your business. Go and be legendary.